2: Okay, before we start the show, let's talk about our Amazon link at BobSeska.com. Whether you're shopping for supplies to get you through the pandemic, or if you're buying music by one of our excellent indie bands, don't forget to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobsuska.com. Our special link will take you to the front page of Amazon.com, where you can go shopping until you're dropping. And by doing so, through our link, we receive a teeny tiny commission on some of your purchases. Thanks for shopping through our Amazon link. And now, let the cartoons begin.
3: Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Zeska Show, presented by Bubblegenius.com.
1: I can't believe this. What a dope. Uh, excuse me. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> this is uh
3: this is kind of embarrassing, but there's no toilet paper over here. Are you talking to me? Yeah, I I just forgot to check. So if you could
0: spare some. No, I'm sorry. What? No, I'm sorry, I can't spare it. You can't spare it? No, there's not enough to spare. Well, Well, I don't need much. Just three squares will do it. I'm sorry, I don't have three squares. Now, if you don't mind. Three squares? You can't spare three squares? No, I don't have a square to spare. I can't spare a square. <laughs> well, is it two ply? Because if it's two ply, I'll take one ply. <laughs> one ply. One puny little ply. I'll take one measly ply. Look, I don't have a square and I don't have a ply. No, 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 no! I beg you.
4: Bob Seska. Eat shit, Bob. The Bob Seska Show.
2: I have a feeling it's going to be one of those days because the power went out here temporarily and then everything gets discombobulated. So, stand by for action. From our nation's capital, (laughs) it is Thursday, April 9, 2020, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. The greatest soap ever. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 1,176 of the Trump crisis, 209 days until the 2020 presidential election, and it's the Goth Ninja! (laughs) David Ferguson, we call him T-Rex, from the T-Rex Report podcast. Patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. And Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash dot dash, bunker.com. Also, it's sexyliberal.com. Okay, hello. Hello, God Ninjas. Hi. Oh, hi. Hello. Hi. What's happening? Not dead you? yet. I'm not dead yet. Yes, we're all still alive. <laughs> I was mostly to... dead all day. But... <laughs> uh, you know what? I, here's the thing. I finally went and did it. I cut my own hair. Oh, it's
5: such a bad idea. Don't do it, people. Sorry. They just wait.
2: I did it. I did it using a beard trimmer. And I got, uh, it's bad, bad results. I should never have done that. I was momentarily (laughs) like, like, oh, yeah, I can do it with a beard trimmer. I have a beard trimmer back when I used to have a beard. I still have it laying around. And, and so i plugged it in charged it up and i tried to cut my own hair and oh god it was and it was a nightmare it was a nightmare now you
5: look like jojo the monkey boy yes
2: exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right i i feel like jojo the monkey boy um you know in the movie fury road when mad max gets his hair cut by those crazy war babies that's kind of how my hair looks right now. It's I've kind of got mm. that Mad Tom Hardy and Mad Max haircut where it's just there's weird tufts. I uh, now have this crappy, crappy haircut that I should never have done myself. I should have just waited and let my hair grow. That was a horrible mistake. So my advice to all of you listening is don't try to do it yourself unless you know what Never. you're doing.
5: Yeah. yeah. Never, ever. Trust me. I was, I, Oh God, you know, I called my hairdresser at two thirty in the morning and she picked up the phone without even this pre-call waiting. She was just like, what did you do?
0: <laughs> She's like,
5: who is it? I was like, it's David Ferguson. She's like, oh. You're smarter than this, David <laughs> uh, And she's like, meet me at the salon At 11am, I'll work you in uh, But there wasn't much to do at that point Because it was bad yeah. So I, you know, really, don't do it, folks Like, Don't take your hair into your own hands <laughs> Oh, honey, I've been cutting
0: my bangs for years
5: well, I mean, that's different. That's something on the front of your head. That's mm-hmm. a, a vertical or horizontal thing that you can do and see in the mirror. Yeah. It's yeah. The sides and back of your head and
0: Oh, I used to the, cut the back of my hair, but I just pull it forward and cut it.
2: I would say that's even a little bit easier to do than using clippers to shave your hair down the way <laughs> oh, I God. normally God, get my haircut. I try thinking? to I don't know. I don't You look know. like iced tea now.
5: Do you have like just, a groove down the side? I'm like, telling
2: you, it's the space madness. I'm going nuts. That's the problem. It's the isolation. I predicted this. I think at some point soon, people are just going to start to go bananas and do crazy things. On that note, let's do this. Do you wake in the morning with head hurting because you can't think? The virus.
3: A lot of people think that goes away in April with the heat. Do big words spoken by people wearing white lab coats cause you to lose basic motor skills? You know, in April, supposedly it dies with the hotter weather. If so, then you may be suffering from MSMD, medical and science mental dysfunction. Typically, that will go away in April. We're in great shape there. But now there is hope. Because now, Grift Crime announces Imbecile. And I hope they use the hydroxychloroquine. Take two tablets of Imbecile, and the fear you have a lack of knowledge of science and medicine miraculously disappears. But I hope they use it, because I'll tell you what, what do you have to lose? You'll still have a complete lack of knowledge of science and medicine, but the fear of that ignorance will go away. So we chose Imbecile to help keep us ignorant. With Imbecile, you don't have to worry about precise tests, peer-reviewed studies, clinical trials, or staring at an eclipse. You're fine. I'll say it again. What do you have to lose? You're an imbecile. I take imbecile in the morning and I can spend the day laughing at people that think they're smart. Take imbecile today. And there'll be a lot of death, unfortunately. Because science is for people who think too much. Don't
5: stop taking imbecile just because your doctor told you to as this may increase your risk of recovering. People who take imbecile run a slightly higher risk of stepping on a rake, slipping on a banana peel, or watching Sean Hannity. (laughs) Do not take imbecile if you are pregnant as this will increase the chance that your baby will become involved in Scientology. Before Taking imbecile, tell your doctor that he is very low energy, a loser, and has lousy ratings. Help protect yourself from another lapse into reality. Ask your hillbilly rally crowd about imbecile.
2: <laughs> Rocky Mountain Mike, Marion Ann Arbor uh, with uh, imbecile. Another uh, another classic right there. Okay, so Bernie Sanders dropped out yesterday. Are you guys aware yes, of he that? Did. Yeah, that was and I
0: thanked him for that. That was good. It was the right thing to do.
5: It's 2020. Any <clears throat> fucking thing could happen any minute. That's yeah. true. You know, yeah. at this point, I mean, you could, did you guys hear about the forest fire, at Chernobyl?
2: Oh yeah, no. yeah, Th- yeah. That's so, a, yeah. I actually put that on the list of things to talk about today. Yeah,
5: I was gonna say if any of you have giant radioactive forest fire on your end of the world bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> um...
2: <laughs> yeah. So Joe Biden is now officially the presumptive Democratic nominee. But let's talk about um, vice presidential possibilities at this point.
5: I do want to say one thing about Sanders. I mean, sure. I- I appreciate him taking, you know, not dragging this out all the way to the convention. And I think, you know, he he put on his big boy britches.
2: Yeah.
5: Um, But I also was relieved just for, I mean, even though I don't necessarily, like, agree with the intensity with which some of his supporters harangue other people. But, I mean, I didn't want to see him out on the campaign trail at 70 plus years old after having a heart attack earlier in the year Mm -hmm. with COVID-19 rampaging around. So I'm kind of relieved because I'm really concerned just about, like how old everybody in this race is mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like,
0: I think he should also start talking to people about cabinet positions. And then if they accept that, should he become president, they should start being surrogates for him going, look, he's tagged me to be the secretary of defense, or he's tagged me to be HHS, or he's tagged me to be this, that, or the other thing yeah. so they can go out and we see who he's going to hire potentially mm-hmm. for his administration. That also will, Put people at ease, yeah, because he can have a, a nice coalition of your your lefty lefties and your your moderates in his cabinet, and then the VP pick is super important, obviously, right? Um, but who he, do you guys
5: want for VP?
0: I like the governor of Michigan.
2: She she also delivered the response to the State of the Union, which led me to believe mm-hmm. that maybe the party is also considering her too, getting her some uh, exposure nationwide on, on national And Michigan is front. an important state. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. But I know a lot of Michiganders uh, are, is, it that, is that what it is? Michiganders? Michiganders, Michiganders I believe Michiganders. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Michiganders. It's good for
5: the Michigoose, it's good for the Michigander. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yes, and all of you Michiganders, please write all of your complaint letters to David Ferguson, Carol, <laughs> Facebook. At
0: beelove.com. Yes, and, and so... <laughs> at Twitter. <laughs> write him at Twitter. Yeah, yes, please yeah,
5: right. write to me at Twitter. I'll be sure and get right to that.
2: <laughs> yeah, but a lot of Michiganders aren't really into the idea of letting go of Losing their governor. Her. Right, because right. they were with Rick Snyder. Right. And then oh, finally... Like they
5: removed Detroit's autonomy they like appointed mm-hmm. it pointed at an emergency like sorry your city government is out we're yeah. gonna pr- yeah. we're gonna privatize your rainwater and the air in your lungs mm-hmm. and you know, oh, fucking tea party people
2: well so I mean mm-hmm. for the longest time I was thinking and, and in fact I had gamed this out in my head at some point I said well you know what it's it seems like it could be Elizabeth Warren because Elizabeth Warren brings the uh, pro- some progressives with her mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. uh, that will benefit the Joe Biden campaign to reach out to the progressive wing of the Party. But at the same time, I'm starting to lean heavily toward Kamala Harris again as Mm -hmm. as a very, very strong possibility. I did not know that Jim Clyburn, after his endorsement of Joe Biden, that swung all of those votes to Joe Biden in South Carolina. I did not know. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong in this. Jim Clyburn recommended to Joe Biden that he choose an African-American woman as his vice presidential running mate in that same uh series that same news cycle of about twenty four hours. And if that is actually the case, I think it's a pretty good shot that Joe Biden's gonna choose an African American woman. I don't think I he's I think gonna, he will.
0: Yeah. Val Demings is a good choice. Yes. Um uh, Hello, Stacey Abrams. Stacey Although Stacey Abrams. at this point, yeah.
5: I'm not really like I don't necessarily as badly as Kemp is fucking this up. Yeah, and as much of an ass clown as he's proving to be, I think it's proving to the state of Georgia conclusively that we should not have let our Republican Secretary of State preside over the election for right. governor that he's running yeah. in.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: I kind of, you know, I think if she ran again, yeah, she could probably take it.
2: Well, she's um, good. Aaron Blake at the uh, Washington Post put together a list of 11 possibilities so let's run through okay. some of these and we've already discussed uh, Kamala Harris and Stacey Abrams but and they're certainly both on the list but at number 11 Aaron Blake suggests Susan Rice uh, he said mm. that this may be the most outside the box name on the list but she's got the resume uh, however she is a gigantic lightning rod
0: yeah, she's for, polarizing.
2: Yeah, for all of the wingnuts and the red hats who hate her because of, well, Obama. Something, 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 Obama, something, Benghazi. Right. And at number 10, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham. She's the uh, governor of New Mexico. That oh. She may be another interesting outside-the-box option. And think about it this way. Very often, someone will get uh, nominated to be vice president, who isn't necessarily a name brand, who isn't necessarily right. a household name that we're all talking about. I mean, who could have possibly predicted Tim Kaine no four, shit. four years ago? So yeah, maybe someone uh, who we're not talking about at all, but who is checking all the boxes. So of course at number nine, Stacey Abrams is on the list here too, uh, for for good reason. Number eight, another one on my list, I would put her in the top three, Tammy Duckworth. I love her. She's a
0: great, that's a great choice. Yes.
5: Boy, she knows how to play the the media game. The, oh yeah. The yeah. Back and forth with people because mm-hmm. they will, you know, she's <laughs> just like, how do you argue with her when she's like, look, I left two legs and an arm and a rock, so don't fuck with me.
2: And she's, she's also got uh, all of this mm-hmm. time as the uh, VA secretary under Barack Obama. So Tammy Duckworth is an excellent choice from just the perspective of good person and vast experience. These are the things I think that uh, American voters are gonna be looking for coming up in, in November in this election because we've had the exact opposite for all this time. We've had horrible people who have no experience and no competence and no business being anywhere near the White House. So bring in some people who have some, not only, I mean with Tammy Duckworth, military experience, But she's a person of color. She uh, has experience in the Obama White House. Again, I think she'd be a stellar, stellar choice. Um, Number seven, uh, as you said, Jody Val Demings is, is on this list, deservingly so. Val Demings would be a huge troll to Donald Trump. I love the idea of Val Demings for many reasons, primarily, though, because she was one of the managers in the impeachment Val Demings as a vice presidential running mate will crawl right up Trump's ass, and he mm-hmm. will hate that, hate it, hate it, hate it every second of it. But of course, and that she's will got also- that
5: amazing like police chief thing. About yeah, her, yeah. You just like she somehow speaks with the authority of the angels. Like I don't know right. what it is exactly, but like when she opens her mouth, I'm just like, yes, ma'am. Right. By the way, man, you
2: know, Mm -hmm. well, then also at number six, uh, Catherine Cortez Masto. uh, She was elected to the Senate in 2016 and served as uh, Nevada's attorney general for two terms. Nevada isn't necessarily uh, a contested state anymore. I think it's always possible for the Republicans to take back Nevada, but it's pretty blue at this point. So but the other thing is, I don't know that geography really even matters anymore. Which is why Kamala Harris, to me, seems like still a viable choice, even though she mm-hmm. represents a state that the Democrats will easily carry. Because now, isn't it more about uh, personality and experience and brand and, and so forth? Identity is also a sort big Sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
5: if people, I, the Californians, I mean, Californians are incredibly useful, actually. I have found in discussions with people when you're like, I like Kamala Harris and they're, idiots and assholes and they're like, she's a cop. Yeah. I hate cops. I could never vote for a cop. And California people can turn around and be like, well, you know, as a matter of fact, she actually got rid of the whole trans panic defense and murders in California and just mm-hmm. made, you know, is a strong victim's rights advocate. And she is. I just... She, I, she did her I, job
0: as AG and that's all that, that, yeah, that yeah. mattered. You and know, I, She didn't do she enough was, of it. Actually, she should have gone after Mnuchin and she didn't and um, probably because she didn't have enough evidence. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, she's, she was a really good AG for us. I would like her to be AG too.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, a Supreme
0: Court Justice.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of places for Kamala Harris. She's going to be a a star of the future in the party, as is uh, uh, like Pete Buttigieg, for example, is going to be another star. She was so good in that
5: Nicole Wallace interview. Yeah. Yeah. Kamala Harris was. I just felt like she was like the first. I mean, it was the first ray of sunshine that seemed to break out in the whole. I mean, just because everything had been so dire for so many days. Yeah. And then she she has that wonderful laugh. Mm-hmm. It's so infectious. She does. Yeah, yeah. And she admitted to watching Tiger King and it was just like and she was like reach out to people and that's when I got a big lump in my throat. Yeah. You know, because she was just like social distancing is, does not have to be emotional distancing. And I
2: think also Joe Biden needs a badass on the ticket. Yeah. Someone this has- is what
5: I was just about to say. I wrote good cop bad cop in my notes because
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
5: Exactly. Stacey Abrams is like, I mean, there's something about her that you just love her. It's the same with like mm-hmm. Bill Clinton. She just inspires, she exists in this nexus of like personality and demeanor that just makes you just like, I just love her. Yeah, again, you know? it's
2: like, a, like Obama. But had Biden has the balance, same heart. So yeah. mm-hmm.
5: He has mm-hmm. that same thing. But so I kind of feel like. The two of them on the ticket together might just be too lovey and squishy. Like, um, <laughs> interesting, yeah. Like, I think that like there needs to be somebody a little bit steely on there, like Kamala Harris yes. or like Val Demings, because right. you know, you, but Biden's got the love thing covered. He, mm-hmm. You know, when he turns on that warm "I hear you, Uncle Joe" thing um there's nobody better.
2: Right, right. But
5: um so like someone who's got more of a prosecutorial badass demeanor, I think you're right, would be a really good foil for him.
2: Well, here at number 5 Tammy Baldwin from Wisconsin and she's been there since 2012. Uh, again, battleground state. Uh, she could put that uh, if if that is an actual thing and it's important to win Wisconsin obviously, if she's going to bring Wisconsin then fine. I just still I'm unsure whether or not geography is an actual thing anymore. Number four is uh, Elizabeth Warren. And of course, we all know her upsides and, and what she's all about. She's certainly been tested on the presidential stage. She knows how to hold her own in a debate. Uh, she certainly can bring an agenda herself to the ticket. And plus, you know what? We're talking about something that is going to be An immensely important decision from the perspective of 2024. Because the way it seems right now, and of course, anything can change, anything can happen in politics these days, but it seems like Joe Biden's going to be a one-termer by choice, Uh, not by losing in 24 necessarily, but uh, knowing that it's important to have a vice presidential running mate who can easily step into the presidency. Uh, Certainly. Uh, running again in 2024, possibly against, and you know, Donald Trump can run again in 2024 if he hasn't been <laughs> indicted and imprisoned. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there are lots of possibilities. <laughs> and I, I tend You're to like, get... Ha, ha, ha,
5: he can run I mean, <laughs> joy, joy, joy <laughs> hour, totally stone-faced. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. like, we don't even blink. We're just like, don't even do... I just keep moving. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> yeah, my laugh was sort of like, yeah, he can run again in 2024. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: Shit. And I could take, like, carpeting <laughs> tacks and put them through my nipples and twi- twist them. And, you
2: know, like... Uh, number three, as we were talking about earlier, Gretchen Whitmer is number three on this list. Uh, number two, Amy Klobuchar, another interesting choice, uh, puts Minnesota, uh, I think, safely in the Democratic column. Uh, I think she might be a little too overlapped with Biden on the issues, so I think she doesn't bring a whole lot in terms of... Extending the Biden coalition to uh, the progressive left. But, you know, again, there's lots of considerations here beyond that. And of course, number one is Kamala Harris, as we've been talking about here in the show. And I think Kamala Harris, again, my top choice at this point uh, for a number of reasons. But I mean, the big game changer, as I said, was uh, apparently the, the Jim Clyburn endorsement of uh, having an African American woman on the ticket. So, with that, let me throw a total curveball okay. knowing
5: that, but Sally Giles.
2: Sally, John. Attorney tell me about general. the acting attorney general, uh, where?
5: Is that the wrong name? The one that would, went to the White House and was like, there's this Russia thing going on? And they were like, yeah. Uh, Sally, oh, Yates.
0: Yates. Sally Yates. Yates. Yeah. Sally,
5: Sally Yates. Sally
0: Yates is a great idea. I like that yeah, idea. Yeah, where is
2: she politically? Is she uh, liberal, far left, know. centrist? She seems uh, a little bit on the moderate end. Just, She's probably she moderate. She
5: was an yeah. Obama appointee, but she seems to be very, very smart and common sense and like, I don't know. There was just something really, she has one of those Southern accents. It doesn't make you sound like an idiot, you know? <laughs> yeah. She's, she's from yeah. Atlanta. Like, mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, she's, she's always
0: university of Georgia school of law done at the university of Georgia. Yeah. Of law, university of Georgia. Uh, I'm, I'm not seeing her political affiliation though. Yes. She was appointed by Barack Obama. So most likely she's a Democrat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I
5: think Sally Giles was my like 10th grade typing teacher. Sally Yates thinking about it. So Sally Yates is who I meant
2: to say <laughs>
0: She endorsed um, Biden early.
2: Yes. Well, and not
0: early. She endorsed him last month. She, Sally Yates endorsed him last month.
2: And much like Susan Rice and uh, who else were we talking about? But, I mean, at the very least, Susan Rice, she would be almost like a, a troll move where mm-hmm. it's like, fuck you, Trump. That would be... Although <laughs> oh, Val really, Demings really. is the other one, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I would. But not enough, Susan see, that's Rice the is thing.
5: such a badass, though. such a gunslinger, man. I could totally... And I think we've reached a point now... AOC has shown America or shown Democrats that you can fight back against the right wing spin machine because most people, the right wingers gun for them and they run for cover or they try to immediately bland out and hide anything that may be like quote unquote incriminating. If you look at it from the right wing troll point of view. Yeah. But I feel like AOC has shown that no, you can turn this around and use it as a weapon to fight back. Mm -hmm. And I imagine Susan Rice in that role. And I just get goosebumps. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Well, the thing
0: with, like, the difference between Susan Rice and Val Demings is only people that paid attention to the impeachment trial in the Senate know who Val Demings is and don't don't like her or do like her, whereas Susan Rice is, you know her name already. Mm -hmm. Val Demings can come out of sort of nowhere, and the people that like her really like her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's a badass. She was a sheriff. I mean, she was, she's amazing. She's a cop.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, the other thing about... You know, sh-
5: oh, dude, this guy on one of my threads, on. Fa- I just, I bl- unfriended him because yeah, I was just like, you're a fucking idiot. He's like some like rock guitar player. That's is like, you know, when he looks his occupation and I'm just like, <laughs> he's like, I hate cops. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to send somebody to break into your house at 3.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And when you hear the noise, you're going to call me, right? Because cops suck so bad. <laughs> you know, just like, he's like, what do, we do? Yeah, it's just like, I don't know, grow the fuck up. I was like, yes, there are bad cops out there, but
2: there are way more bad guitar players. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) it's funny. (laughs) And then I blocked him. Um. Well, here's the thing with Susan Rice. Susan Rice um, will not only become a lightning rod for the Red Hats, but also a lightning rod for some of the never-Trumpers. And I know they Mm -hmm. represent very few actual Republicans. I think maybe, what, 4% of the Republican Party right now Mm -hmm. is disapproving of Donald Trump. But nevertheless, I think we're, we're talking about elections now that are decided by 1% of the vote, maybe even less than 1% of the vote in some cases. So every percentage point certainly matters, and that puts the uh, Never Trumpers in a very important position here in this election. But at the same time, uh, the Never Trumpers... Not big fans of Susan Rice. So I don't know if that even matters. Certainly we shouldn't decide on candidates based on what the Never Trumpers are going to say, what the Morning Joe crowd is going to say and how they're going to react. But that is always kind of a point of consideration. Of course it's not. You listen to Rachel Biddecoffer, who by the way is going to be on the show... Uh Oh, yay. Uh, on the 22nd, I'm going to talk to Rachel, Rachel Biddecoffer on the 22nd about her electoral model and everything else, but you know, she says this is really just all about the energy behind the Democrats right now. It's the negative partisanship. It's the desire to get rid of Donald Trump. It's going to propel Joe Biden to the presidency. Don't get happy. And so it may not even matter um, who the vice president is, but it's certainly going to help Democratic energy, Democratic enthusiasm, and certainly pushing back against the Trump machine. I think- Part of it, uh, David, I think you nailed it as far as the good cop, bad cop aspect of all of this. That's Mm going to be an important Mm -hmm. thing because Joe Biden, is his whole thing has got to be good guy Joe Biden. He's got to maintain good guy Joe Biden until uh, at least November 3rd. And knowing that, though, at the same time, he also has to have someone who is going to uh, not only throw some red meat, but uh, counterattack all of these you know, the Red Hats who are going to go bananas between now and and the election. By the way, speaking of the election, I want to talk about mail-in voting and Donald Trump here Mm -hmm. in just one second. But uh, before we dig into all of that, I want to tell you, I interviewed one of my favorite people in the world yesterday Uh, michael mcdermott is a uh, musician he's been around for uh, about 30 years i think he signed his first record contract in 1991. Uh, he's got an incredible repertoire of albums and just one of the greatest uh, american recording artists of our time and i've I've played a bunch of his music on the show uh, over this past year or two since i started playing indie music and so I had some requests, uh, before we, you know, as we were setting up the, uh, interview and I said, can he play, I was asking his manager, I said, like, can he play some live songs on the show? Can we do this? And of course the answer was yes. So Michael McDermott performed three songs live on yesterday's interview show And it was incredible. And so what I want to do is share two of those three songs here today. So we're going to play a full-length song coming out of this commercial rather than just playing a clip. And it's probably going to make everybody cry, especially you, David.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go out in the yard and smoke some crack or something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the first song that we're going to play is called uh, Shadow in the Window. It's from his Willow Springs album. Again, this is Michael McDermott. Uh, we're going to play that in a second, but we're going to play it in its entirety. It's a song written about uh, Michael's late father and um, this house that Michael moved into. He talked about it on the show yesterday. He, he and his wife and his daughter actually moved into the same house that he grew up in. And Hello. so the, he was talking about all the ghosts, you know, the quote unquote ghosts in the house, and how they had to kind of redecorate it entirely inside, like basically gut the inside to reduce the number of ghosts. Because you can only imagine it having to, after, you know, so many decades, moving back to the house where you grew up in is kind of a surreal, uh, and that's putting it mildly, a surreal event in someone's life, especially if you're in your uh, late 40s, early 50s. So, okay, with that all said, now is the time to help support independent media. That means this show, and you can do it for just a few dollars a month by subscribing to our bonus content on our Patreon page, Go to bobseskashow.com and pitch in with as little as $1 per month. But if you sign up for $5 or more, you're going to get all kinds of exclusive bonus content, including the Postmortem Show. That's what we record as soon as this show is over. Once the end credits are done, we just keep on talking. That's the Postmortem Show. And if you sign up for $10 a month, you're going to get the Postmortem Show and our Friday After Party Podcast, where Kimberly Johnson and I right here in the refrigerator talk about politics, pop culture, sexuality, and our personal (laughs) lives. Plus, you'll join one of the fastest growing communities of podcast listeners around. That's BobSeskaShow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at BobSeska.com. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show.
4: So what you could drive over to his house Though I knew he wasn't there And he was always standing looking out i
2: Must be a Springsteen the great Michael McDermott right there and uh, Shadow in the Window from his Willow Springs album performed live on yesterday's show.
5: I went and got a a, a sewing needle and I was just jabbing myself every time I felt the tears start to come. So I'm here, I'm dry.
2: Um, I gotta dedicate that to everyone who can't be with their parents uh, right now and and all the people uh, we've certainly lost throughout this uh, unprecedented disaster here. So uh, I, I hope you all appreciated that. It's not often that we get super serious here on a comedy show where often the sounds are this and fart, you know, fart jokes and we're the fart joke politics show. And and so, but every once in a while we have to, uh, I think break it down and, and, uh, Pay tribute to some of the people that uh, that can't be here, can't be uh, joining us here in the show. So
5: okay, I'm dry. Let's go. Like
4: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, you're just you're you're
5: like you're like come on tears, come on, you're you're like coaxing them out of my tear ducts, like little yeah. It's just like no, I'm fine.
2: Uh, (laughs) Also, I. You have to go and you have to support our independent recording artists. Uh, Michael McDermott right there. Um, one of his stories that he told on yesterday's show is his very first album. He got this huge record deal. He was heralded as, as the next big singer songwriter uh, uh, when the album was coming out. And when it finally did, guess what dropped the following week? Nirvana's Nevermind and so Uh,
0: Nirvana Mm. killed a lot of bands (laughs) yes the whole
2: world became about grunge at that point so you know we uh Michael and I spoke yesterday about uh just the crazy timing of the recording industry and uh I, I mentioned Big Star one of the stories about the great 70s band Big Star an incredibly talented uh group of musicians and songwriters who just couldn't catch a break with their timing uh, some of the most influential songs, influential albums, I think especially their first two albums, and yet the timing kept them from becoming the household names they should have been, and I can't help but to think, and this is the other thing that gets me choked up.
5: There are so many stories, yeah. Bob. I mean, so many of my friends, incredibly talented people, mm-hmm. who just didn't quite hit the zeitgeist yeah. at the time that it mm-hmm. shifted. Yep. And it just to- My sister's band.
2: Yeah. Oh my know? God, yes. I mean, your sister holy shit, should have been performing on the Grammys uh, during the Mm -hmm. Oscars. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the most beautiful voices I have ever, ever heard in my entire life. And again, it, it chokes me up because I feel like there is so much wonderful talent out there. Michael McDermott, certainly Kerry Hamilton, um, who just... Me. <laughs> David, David, <laughs> David Ferguson. <laughs> the thing yes. is, you
5: know, we got really close in my band, The Go Figures, back mm-hmm. in the early 90s. I mean, we were talking, you know, having dinner with Sony. Yeah. Uh, not realizing that they'd bill you for it later when they did sign you. But uh, everything has to line up you get signed to a record label and that's just the beginning of the battle. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
5: You have to convince everyone in the promotions department to, you know, push you to radio. And then the radio people have to like you. And it just, is this whole chain of like ass kissing and glad handing. And, um, yeah. And it's just like, it only takes a couple people along the way to be like, I don't really like this band. I don't feel it. Right. And then, everything that you've poured into your album all of the work all of the touring all of the passion all of the blood and sweat and tears is just like for nothing
2: yep Bad timing was such a big chunk of yesterday's show, and I so I told him the story about how I was commissioned to do an album cover for Yes, which was still one of my all-time favorite cool. bands. I mean, a top five favorite band for me, maybe if not my all-time favorite or second all-time favorite band. So I got this opportunity to do one of their album covers, which is a big fucking deal. I mean, I'm I was daunted because I was replacing Roger Dean, who was doing all their album covers or most of them, and so it was intimidating. That's, but I still yeah. I still got to do it, and it was a gig of a lifetime and then i did it and i was okay with the results i wasn't thrilled with what t- turned out but the album is fantastic here's the bad timing aspect of it you know when the album was set to be released you know the release date for the yes magnification album september 11 september 11
5: 2001 <laughs> there was like there's a whole yes. no that was that that tuesday is the first big fall like back to school tuesday and it's typically like, every year, a big record company release yeah. day. Gar- yeah. Garbage's album came out that day. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, what's that Mariah Carey vehicle that was a f- total flop? Oh, the film gl- Glitter? Glitter, yeah. That was released on 9-11 along with the soundtrack. I mean, there was a... It, you know, it used to be that record companies, now they do it on Fridays, but Tuesday used to be the big day of the week that everybody would release their new records. And right. that particular Tuesday, so many new releases were lined up for the fall, and it just was like... Terrible timing.
2: Mm-hmm. Bad, bad timing. Yeah, I mean, the worst possible timing ever. Let's talk about um, coronavirus, because, yeah, why not? So it
5: turns out the, the majority of the New York City cases are of European origin.
2: Yes. Trump,
5: right. Trump keeps banging on about how, I closed China, I closed China, I did. I closed <sighs> the country to China, I did. And it's just like, well, you know what? You didn't, because t- you like your classy white Norwegian travelers.
2: Yeah, exactly. You
5: know? And uh, But... It's just like well, see,
2: that's going to become the hinge in, uh, that uh, Trump swings his whole like dick around when it comes to his response to the coronavirus. It's all about oh, China, 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 talk China. Oh, about his China. actual penis. Yeah, sorry. It's yeah. so
0: small. You can't see it, David. It's not. You can't even visualize it. It's so tinny, tinny,
2: itty bitty. It is really teeny tiny. But here's the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. What he should have been doing uh, was preparing Equipment, preparing how we were going to handle all of this. Going back to November, which is the first time that the intelligence community warned Trump Mm -hmm. of the coronavirus. And then on top of the intelligence community warnings in, again, November, there were two Peter Navarro memos, one in January, one in February, Uh predicting, forecasting one to two million American deaths. And Trump still did nothing. He was still in late February uh, talking about a new hoax. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right.
5: I mean, he only wants to do things that he gets to pose in front of cameras and talk and run his mouth. So like moving ventilators and deploying hospital material is just not glamorous and not TV. So it's like, I don't know if you guys remember the. Do you ever watch the Truth or Dare, the Madonna movie?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, years ago. Yeah. yeah.
5: There's that moment when Warren Beatty just completely flips out where he's just like, you know, why do anything if it's not on camera? Yeah. You know, because he's just because, you know, it's intrusive. And I think he was actually trying to have a conversation and he just did what any normal person would do. Be like, can we just turn off the cameras for a minute? But it's like no. that's Trump doesn't want to do anything unless it's on camera.
2: Oh, no, um, no, absolutely not. If it doesn't happen on camera, it doesn't really happen. That's the thing. And, and so
5: all that. Of hard work of presidenting of actually allocating resources and restocking the empty shelves. That's what uh, that was when I, the first time I've really actually scared Ben and the cats screaming at the television <laughs> well, was I can only imagine. in his press conference when he said, the last administration empty shelves, they left us empty shelves and I'm just like, you've had three fucking years i fill the shelves <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah,
2: you know what he said? He said the cupboard was bare. You remember that phrase? Cupboard is bare Yes, we remember it. What? What does that even matter? three
5: years to fill the Mm -hmm. fucking shelves. Yeah. Uh, I know. uh,
2: Three years. I mean, that's the thing. He wants his stupid, naive fucking red hats to believe all of this bullshit. Like, he couldn't have prepared in the three years that he had been president up to that point. So it's all about Barack Obama. It's all his fault. But in in the meantime, here's the other uh, thing that he's in the process of doing. And I want to get to the mail-in ballot thing here before we wrap up the show, so please don't let me finish the show without talking about mail-in balloting. But okay. uh, Trump, okay. Trump yesterday said this. He did this whole uh, bit again with the death toll. He said, if we can stay substantially under 100,000 American deaths, which was the original projection, I think we did a very good job. Mm-mm. He pulled that trick again. <laughs> it's
0: uh according to the N twenty nineteen website, which is sometimes ahead of Johns Hopkins, sometimes behind, so they're about the same. Yeah. According to them, as of right now, we have sixteen thousand one hundred fourteen deaths in the United States. 26,589 have recovered so far. Yeah. Um so it's ridiculous.
2: Four thousand more than um the death toll from H one H one H one N one, right? Yep. In uh two thousand nine. Yeah,
0: how many SARS and MERSA victims did we have? Very little, and those were airborne coronaviruses.
2: That's right. And the other thing with the H one N one outbreak in two thousand nine was mm-hmm. the death toll of twelve thousand, give or take, was mm-hmm. over the the span of a year. I think it was either a six months or a, a year long span. What
0: well, was a year at least till we had a vaccine?
2: Right, right. And so compare that to the deaths due to COVID nineteen, right, over sixty days. So we're now 4,000 deaths beyond the death toll from H1N1. But Donald Trump will never mention that. All he'll do is whenever he mentions H1N1, he's going to take a stab at Joe Biden because Joe Biden Mm -hmm. once said N1H1. Like I just Mm -hmm. said, you know what I just said? And I'm perfectly lucid. I'm not even 50 years old yet. And I said H1H1. That's what I just called Mm -hmm. it. And heaven forbid Joe Biden say N1H1. But that's, you know, that's his thing. That's he's got to sideline everybody. But meanwhile, Dr. Fauci has reduced the estimated death toll to about 60,000, which is another thing Trump is bragging about now. And there's nothing to brag about. 60,000. Right.
5: Especially when he's standing there telling people, exactly like, Dr. Fauci speaks, and then Trump contradicts him. Right. And it's just back and forth. It's like, mm-hmm. he's like, wear a mask. And Trump's like, you could wear a mask. It's a, it's a, what did he keep saying the other day? He was an individual. What did he say? It was... Voluntary it's voluntary. voluntary. You know, it's <laughs> like wearing a uh,
2: industry. Yeah. It's that's like wearing one. a
5: mask. Yeah, I'm not I, it's voluntary. I'm just like, oh uh, that's just my least favorite is the sort
2: of duckish honking sound it makes.
4: <laughs>
5: Yeah,
2: um, yeah. Well, I mean, Trump is going to declare victory if it's 60,000 deaths. I mean, that's the psychotic, ghoulish thing that we're looking at right now. There is no victory in presiding over 60,000 American deaths. There's no victory in presiding over 6,000 because there's, it's just not even. A consideration other than in Trump world, where it's all about Donald Trump. And now he's going after the World Health Organization. This is becoming a serious thing where he's threatening to pull funding from the WHO in the middle of a pandemic because uh, their numbers are making Trump look bad. Uh They need this is a-
5: kind of one. You know, we need to tackle our quarterback and put him on the sidelines. Just- no, shit. Needs to- Somebody needs to step in and where are the fucking grownups in the room? It's just yeah. like, do you understand? He is directly contributing to further and greater numbers of dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's like, Iran has applied to, I think the, uh, God, I can't even remember now if it's like the, the world monetary fund or, but they're, you know, asking for a couple billion dollars, not a huge amount really, mm-hmm. uh, compared to some of the money that we suck up but yeah. uh you know they just to help bury the dead you know and 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 try to contain the raging outbreak they've got going and and Trump's trying to block it
2: every word out of every democrat's mouth when it comes to reacting to Trump and everything that he's doing or not doing i mean it's a lot of not doing things should revolve around the word incompetence and waiting 60 days to respond to this. Maybe even now, since we're talking about the first intelligence reports coming down in November. This is so far
5: beyond incompetence though. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's malevolence. Like, I mean, this is making incompetence this is like, this is an incompetence is static cling. This is a nuclear explosion. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, it's just like so far above and beyond incompetence because it's like this, he's just because everything has exponential effects when you're Mm that powerful yeah. and sends cartwheeling fireballs of failure out in all directions
2: well i want to do uh, one last commercial break right here and we're going to play one more full-length song from michael mcdermott this is a protest song from his brand new album what in the world it's due out on june 5th he uh he wrote this song it's a protest song against donald trump and everything that's going on right now and so uh, we're going to do that but first we're going to do a, a a quick word from bubble genius and then oh. and then what's that what what? Get mail-in yeah, mail in ballots. Oh, oh, mail in ballots. Yes, yes, yes. When we come yes, back, yes, we're yes. going to talk about mail in ballots. Absolutely. Uh, right after these words. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> you can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman owned small business proudly creating our vegan friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com
2: Bob Seska!
4: Yeah, you're looking like a car wreck Dealing with a stack deck Peter's robbing Paul and the drinking with your rent check It's a new world Cages, executive order, welfare for billionaires. People hungry everywhere. Stop and socialist. You ain't going anywhere. Think it's short we'll report the madness and the malady bullets in a black dress everything is such a mess it's kind of like white noise President's a criminal, Iron Eyes, Cody, wipe away your tear. segregated subterranean neo-nazi white trash wages in a flat line coughing in a coal mine gas lit half with a like we're out of time
2: That what in the world? That was really, fucking awesome. Really good yeah.
5: Those are amazing lyrics. I was really expecting to not enjoy that nearly as much as I did.
0: Was, <laughs> <laughs>
5: when well, you said it, it was ba- you know, because a lot of times when people, I mean, you're going up against one of the greatest of all time when you're talking yeah, about Bob Dylan. So right. I was like, well, that's ambitious, but he nailed it. <laughs> yeah, oh, he absolutely did. nailed he it.
2: Very Bob Dylan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the studio yeah. version of that, that was the live version from <clears throat> my show yesterday, which still kind of blows me nice. away. Uh, the studio version comes out, uh, album of the same name, What in the World. On June 5, Uh, link in the description for Michael McDermott to support all of his music. And we're going to do more of that. I'm going to bring in, uh, I'm already talking to Seth Adam. I'm going to have Seth Adam in to talk about politics and music and all kinds of fun things, but also to perform some songs too and a whole lot more. I think we're going to make this uh, sort of a regular thing to uh, mix throughout all of the interview shows. The test was successful, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Michael was just outstanding. Okay, so Trump's jihad against mail-in voting. This is going to be important, an important part of his electoral strategy to try to mm-hmm. get rid of mail-in voting, uh, or at the very least to try to demonize it to the point that if there is mail-in voting on November 3rd, that he could use that as an excuse to contest the results or to at least claim some sort of mail-in voting fraud that he will take to court to prevent the certification of the vote totals. That's the possibility. That's one. Well,
0: then that's that's the entire state of Portland, the entire state of Washington, the entire yeah. state of Utah.
5: Is Portland a state now?
0: I'm sorry, uh, Oregon. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> brain fart. The entire hi, hi, everybody else in Oregon. Uh, the entire state <laughs> of Oregon, Washington, and Utah. They yeah. all—that's all they do.
2: Right, right. And um, I think, yeah. Um, I, I, I,
0: so he doesn't he want Utah's votes. Well,
2: I, I also think Florida Florida is working on getting mail-in voting uh, set up, but I don't think they're going to be ready in time, or at least that's what they're saying now, uh, to at least do it wi- in a widespread way. Um, so there will be some in-person voting, certainly on November 3rd, uh, irrespective of where we are with the virus. But at the same time, I just, I'm worried that this mail-in voting, uh, while being... Absolutely necessary will also become the catalyst for Donald Trump to pull some electoral shenanigans. Now. I don't know if he's going to be I, successful or not, but there's the possibility right
0: I don't think I don't care. Because he's, he's he's he votes by mail,
2: yes, right, and he was asked about that yesterday and he said this he said to uh, I think mail-in voting is horrible. It's corrupt. And then a reporter, I forget who, said, "You voted by mail in Florida's election last month, didn't you?" And then Trump said, "Sure, I can vote by you mail." What you I you what you uh, yeah? I, you, what you
0: could you do you, <laughs> and, what you and don't forget you, you the military so tends cute. to vote. Republican, and Mm -hmm. most of the people that aren't in the country that are in the military are voting by mail. So they're going to deny soldiers and sailors and airmen and and Marines the right to vote? I don't think so. That's not going to go over too well.
2: Yeah. Well, he pulled this... And I was
5: going to say, I don't care if I have to crawl over broken glass. I will cast a vote in November. Same here. Yeah. By God, even if I have to be in line like those people in Wisconsin, like risking, it would be worth it to... Get this man out of office to risk getting COVID-19 to stand in line to vote. I don't I mean not encouraging people to, you know, please observe responsible social distancing, mm-hmm. but if it comes down to it, yeah, I will crawl on my teeth if I have to to go vote against this man.
0: With, I'm just with Wisconsin and Tuesday's vote, in 2016, their uh, primary turnout was like 66 percent, uh-huh. and that's with no shenanigans and no pandemic. It was still over 50 percent on Tuesday. In spite of the weather, in spite of the pandemic, in spite of out of 180 polling stations, only five being open in Milwaukee, people went out to vote because they were pissed.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It should have
0: been a lot lower. You'd think it would have been a lot lower than that. Um, But I'm I'm disgusted and proud of Wisconsinites for getting out and voting, and there will be an uptick in the people that die from this disease because they went out on Tuesday to vote.
2: Right, right. That's an incredible number. More than 50% turnout? It was over
0: 50%, which Holy is not great shit. turnout normally, but for, the, for what they had to go through to do it, absolutely. I was looking at, at uh, their... Um, it was one of the Wisconsin papers. Well, I hope. Um, I hope
2: what happens is that Supreme Court, state Supreme Court candidate, the Republican, ends up losing. The one that uh, Donald Trump ended mm-hmm, up endorsing. my God! I hope so. Yeah, because that'll be funny after all of this. Uh, you know, bending over he backwards to try to protect yeah. him, he ends up still losing. But I mean, here's another indication of what could happen in November. And again, this plays to Rachel Bitakoff's model. Just the absolute craving to get rid of Donald Trump. I think that that is so energizing people right now. And certainly there can be things that sidetrack all of that, but it seems like it's still alive. It seems like even though there has been this shock to the system with COVID-19, it still seems like that's not going to keep people's uh, enthusiasm level down for, uh, you know, getting rid of Donald Trump. So this is all positive news. Don't get happy, of course, is the rule. Don't
0: get happy. But, I but, will but,
2: vote in a hazmat suit if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> I and we all have time now to get condom. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> we have time.
0: Amazon will eventually deliver it before November.
2: <laughs> exactly right. See, here's the thing. With, here's the thing with today's show. We've been having problems with our ISDN line. Um, we use ah. a certain platform for our ISDN line. Well, it's been connecting us or disconnecting us randomly uh, during every single show. Uh, yesterday with Michael McDermott, disconnected twice. Thank God he, the songs weren't interrupted yesterday. Yeah. But on today's show, it's disconnected us twice. So I think that yeah. may be a thing now. Every show gets... yeah. You know, but it, what it does is... It puts us all off balance, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's always fun to do a show where I'm just like, is it going to be interrupted? I don't know. It's like watching Donald Trump talk during his Trump shows. You just feel that that unease, right? A drunk crossing an icy street. (laughs) A monkey with a machine gun. It's kind of like that, too. All right. Jody Hamilton's podcast is called From the Bunker. You can be found at uh, from-the-bunker.com, also every place you get your podcasts, and at sexyliberal.com with all of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network shows. Make sure to give five-star ratings and reviews for all of your favorite Sexy Liberal programs. And meanwhile, David Ferguson can be found at patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. Do you have any new updates over there? Or is, what's going on on the T-Rex Report?
5: I'm have got con- going to do a part two of my conversation with English or Irish David Ferguson, the comedian. And oh, yeah, I'm also yeah. trying to get uh, Monica McLemore back, the the nursing, the doctor of nursing who talks about racial disparities and outcomes uh, Because I wanted to talk about the racial component now to uh, who's dying of COVID I uh, see Yeah, so yeah. that's going to be a really fun, laugh-a-minute show farts, <laughs> like,
0: it'll be falling down, there'll be banana peels everywhere It'll be <laughs>
2: hilarious <Yeah. laughs> Alright, well, we're going to ta- as I said, we're going to talk about some polling numbers that'll make you happy Even though you shouldn't get happy Uh, But this is all mostly good news for uh, Democrats, mostly good news for freedom-loving people all across the country, as opposed to, you know, the people who love autocracy, who want to change the government into some sort of weird oligarchy autocracy uh, with Donald Trump at the top. That's what they're asking for. That's what the same Those are the same people who believe that
5: germs listen to...
2: You know, it just disconnected... The thing just disconnected in the middle of the, uh, the the end theme now, so I lost David and Jody. I'm rebooting it as the show wraps up. We'll see if they ever come back. All right, have a good weekend, folks. After Party on Friday with Kimberly Johnson on our Patreon page. Don't miss it. Take care. Have a great weekend. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you on Tuesday. Bye-bye.